Welcome to Wizard Boys, the podcast where two grown men vent their wizard-haunted brains for your amusement. Every episode, we cover a different wizard from movies, myth, or media. I'm Maxulon the Magnificent, And I'm Jordismo the Jordabulous. Today, we are going to be talking about Saruman, the White Wizard. You know more about Saruman than I do. You've read through the Tolkien novels, I've just seen the movies, read the wiki... You know, um, so I'm going to let you take the lead on this one, uh, Jordismo. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about wizards in the Tolkien universe and this specific wizards deal. So wizards, at least the wizards in Middle Earth, which is the time period we're going to talk about, because if you go back in time, that, that, that gets all complicated. But we're just going to talk about these guys are essentially uh, angels that have been sent to Earth to. Um, take on the form of mortals to guide history and to try to stop bad things from happening, essentially. They're all basically Jesuses. So multiple Jesus. Yeah, you have seven Jesuses that were sent down, and they all still have the same failings as, as mortals or men outside of, you know, they age slowly, but they still age. They're not perfect beings. They can still fall to, like, greed or wrath, etc., Essentially, the reason they were sent down is we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit just to give us a setting here uh, about power levels, I guess, in uh, Middle Earth, which is that so there's a main god who's so far above everything it doesn't matter, and then he's like, man, I really want to sing a cool song, but when I sing my song, I don't have anyone to harmonize with, so he splits himself into seven personifications of himself, essentially, mm-hmm. and then one of those seven, which is this is all very biblical. Um, one of those sevens is like, you know what? I can make my own song. It doesn't need to be like your song. It doesn't even need to be as good as your song. I just want to make my own. But I need people to sing with. So he tries to get a few of those other people to sing with him. And then there's contrasting, conflicting issues. And everyone is all like, yo, why are you doing that? And that's Melkor. He's the devil, essentially, in the Lord of the Rings universe. He doesn't sound so bad. He just sounds like he wants to, you know, break off from the band, do his own thing. He does want to break off in the band, but he doesn't really let anyone do it. And then when everyone is like, we're going to make this planet, he's like, I don't like that you made this planet. You know, I'm I'm going to put some volcanoes on there. And people are like, no, what what, what good do those do? And they're like, oh, they shoot lava and kill everyone. He's like, no, no, don't don't put that in there. Oh, I'm going to put it in there. <laughs> I like the volcanoes. I think they're cool. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And then when, when they're like, you can't, you can't be around anymore because we don't like you, even though and he's like the strongest one. Um, because he doesn't give his power to his minions, essentially. So he, all the other guys, they split themselves into smaller groups. So like, you know, how the main guy split himself into seven gods, and then those gods can split themselves into more people, essentially. But um, he never does that. He just stays as himself. And then when he gets exiled, he's like, I went into space and I found Cthulhu and I brought him back. What? Yeah. So it's actually pretty cool. Um, in um, Lord of the Rings, everything is made by this creator, like everything, except when Morgoth gets exiled, he wanders off into space for like a thousand years because he's like, I can't beat all these other gods at once. And while he's out there, he just finds this thing called Ungoliant. Uh, Ungoliant is basically a giant space spider who spins light in between stars as her webs and devours stars. Okay, awesome. 
and he brings her back and he's like they made a sun and it's the brightest thing ever he brings her back and she eats like the sun and the moon and uh it's a big problem and she's not really like aligned with him so much as she he just sort of leads her to places and he's the only creature that is not actually created by god so she's her own thing that's got troubling implications yeah i know right and also, she's like one of she's like Shelob's ancestor, the the big spider from the movie. So she's well, that, like, that that raises more questions because this is clearly like a galactic sized spider, but she poops out tinier spiders. Here's the key: is that it gets bigger and bigger based on how much light it's eaten. Melkor has it eats the sun, eats the Cimmerils, which is like the whole Cimmerillion, and it's trying to do that because basically what happens is. Ungolian eats the sun and the moon, and then the uh, other angels, who at this point have split themselves so much that they're now the mortal races, the elves, are like, oh, quick, we'll, we'll teach you how to make light in these magic stones, right? And these magic trees and stuff, and then you can put it in there. That way, the light from the sun and moon doesn't get totally eaten, because if it's all eaten, then we're done. There's no more. We can't make it again. We only can make it this one time, but as long as you can keep a little piece of it, then you'll be good. Then the entire war is basically this cat and mouse game with Melkor running around with this giant spider trying to eat all of the sun and moon, and eventually they hide it so much that they can't find it, and then the spider is like, well, okay, if I'm not going to eat that light, then there's other light I can eat, and she looks over at Melkor, who's the god of fire, and thus very filled with light, and she's like, I'm going to eat you. And he's like, oh no, I don't want that. And so he sticks like a hundred Balrogs on her, and she eventually retreats, but then she's so hungry that eventually she shrinks down and then devours herself. Okay, so at what point does she make little baby spiders like she loved? I don't know. She just, that's where all the giant spiders come from. I don't know where the babies come from, but she hatches eggs, I well, guess. she had to poop something, I guess, and I guess that's, uh... So that's yeah, it. that's sort of where you're at with the, the universe. Anyway, so, um, Morgoth is like, oh no, I'm not, you know, gonna share power, and he's real bad. And the way that he does stuff is he tries to convince other people to join him that the other gods made. And he kind of gets this sort of like, there's like another kind of almost not super good god, Aeul the Smith god. Aeul the Smith is a combination of um, Hades and... Um, uh, Hephaestus? Hephaestus, yeah. He's a combination of Hades and Hephaestus. He rules everything that's underneath the earth. Not like the dead, though, but like just caves and underground and wealth and stuff mm -hmm. and then he's a smith so he makes everything oh, okay so he's got the sources and he's got tools yeah yeah exactly we're gonna we're gonna connect to him because he's actually saruman's boss and he's also um sauron's boss interestingly enough so basically he tells his followers who are all like inventors hey man i mean i can teach you how to make all this cool stuff and they're kind of like oh i like making cool stuff i'll make that stuff for you and so that's kind of how he ends up with bad stuff eventually he's killed or banished into another dimension essentially and he leaves his buddy who is sauron who was not one of his remember he never split off into other gods so sauron is part of Iul's group and he's like oh but i know how to make these special rings that will drain power from everyone else's stuff and give it to me, so I can be the same power level as one of the original seven gods, even though I'm not one. So if you look at the way that the power levels are split, Sauron, Gandalf, and Saruman are all the same power level, even though Saru Sauron is like massively stronger because he has these rings, essentially. All right, so Saruman's deal is, so everyone was like, 
all right, we made this Earth, and we made this, this universe, and we banished Melkor from the world. But he kind of has, like, this bad influence of evil, and evil has tainted the hearts of men and the, everything like that. And so we can't just, like, leave... Because if we do, as the gods, then it will get bad without someone watching it because there's still a bunch of this evil in the world. So why don't we send down seven seven guys just to, you know, keep an eye on things. To make sure that Melkor and Sauron doesn't come back. Because we just got rid of Sauron the first time. We cut off his finger. He's got no ring. Or, or the first time when they got rid of um, Melkor the first time. So they sent him down. And they're like, all right, we're looking for volunteers. Hey, Gandalf, you're really strong at magic. Why don't you do it? And Gandalf is like, oh, no, I really don't want to do that. I like chilling out here in heaven. And then Saruman's like, oh, me, 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 me. I will totally do it. I love responsibility. I am a type A person. So Sauron, Saruman is like the second choice after Gandalf. And he's like, I want to be down there, not up here in heaven. And they're like, well, you can go and you can be in charge, but you still have to bring Gandalf with you because he's technically smarter than you. And Saruman's like, I really dislike that, but I guess that's fine. <laughs> they're like, you have to play a two-player game with Gandalf. Well, they have to play a seven-player game, but a bunch of other shitty wizards that are worse than any of them. <laughs> so... Because, like, there are, there are some other ones. When it comes to the wizards, you got, like, Radagast, who's just like, I found out that animals were down here, and I was really into animals. And they're like, we were supposed to protect people. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know they were down there. What about animals? And they're like, no, you're you're just supposed to protect the, uh, you know. The humans. Not, yeah, just the humans. The races of man. He's like, pfft. Fuck that. And then there were two more wizards. They were like, if there's only five, not seven. I don't know why I said seven. So I was thinking about rings and stuff, I guess. Um, and then there were two other wizards who were the blue wizards. They were like kind of twins. They just wandered out to the east, like past Morador, and just disappeared. No one really knows what happens. Tolkien himself has said, originally he was like, yeah, they went out there and they got corrupted by Sauron and did evil stuff. And that's why like all those... You know, like the human bad guys with the elephants and stuff? That's where they come from. But then he's like, actually, it would have been way worse if they weren't there, so maybe they were good. So he, he kind of waffled on what happened with those guys. Okay. But so, essentially, the only two that really matter are Gandalf and Saruman. So Radagast the Brown is off, just hanging out with a bear. Yeah, Radagast is just weasels. hanging out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not really doing much. I mean, he does a little bit. He actually is the one who uh, successfully saves Gandalf from the tower and stuff. Not on purpose, but just because he happens to, like, in passing, be like, oh, you know, my buddy the eagle is over there. And, and Gandalf is like, oh, good good to know. <laughs> like, and, and anyway, that's, that's I'm going to go off is. and uh, I'm going to go see if I can tickle a fish. You mean yeah, that's fish? Pretty... No, I mean tickle one. I, I think I could make one laugh. Yeah, that's pretty much his whole thing is that he's like, he gets kind of like banished to like purgatory for all time because he got too distracted from his original mission. Because they were like, while you were protecting the environment, you let the environment get burned down by an evil army. It's like, yeah, but I want to know how the animals were feeling. Oh, Radagast. You could have done better, buddy. He could have done. I mean, have you seen pictures of him in the new movie? He's just got poop in his hair and no one, no one says anything about it. No one says anything to Radagast. They think he knows. I don't think he realizes, man. I think he's too unselfconscious about it. Also, just to throw this out there, while um, Saruman is from Aeul the Smith, who is probably the least popular of all of the um, main gods, Gandalf is from Monwe, who is the leader of the gods and the most popular. He's, he's like, 
you know, descended from equivalent of Zeus, essentially. It's one of those things where, like, Gandalf was always supposed to be in charge and just, just real lazy and didn't want to, while Saruman was like, I'm real into being in charge of things. And to be honest, he did a good job for, like, 5,000 years, so it's not like he did real bad. No. Yeah, he didn't fuck up. Well, until he did. <laughs> Everyone's a success until they're a failure. Well, Gandalf was a success until he was a failure, and then he got killed and came back to life. Because he got a, got a second chance. Yeah, he got a one-up mushroom, absolutely. Well, the real key was that Saruman had been deposed as White Wizard, so there was an extra spot. There was a spot that was available. <laughs> what you're telling me is his title was killed, not him. Yeah, Saruman's title was killed when... Um... No, no, sorry, Gandalf's title was killed. It was Grey Wizard. Because you said yes. Saruman was deposed as White Wizard. That means the Grey Wizard was killed. Grey Wizard literally the... died and came back yeah. as the White Wizard. Yeah, it's like a Lego guy head. Like, Gandalf... When Gandalf fights Saruman initially as the Grey Wizard, he just gets his ass beat. Because he's the Grey Wizard, not the White Wizard. And White is the, the leader. Like the Power Rangers thing. Yeah, kind of like the White Power Rangers thing. But if Saruman's not the White Wizard at that point, why does he win? He's still the White Wizard, even if he's gone crazy rogue. He's not deposed until um, Gandalf like breaks his staff and is like, no, you can't do that anymore. Well, then how does Gandalf come back as Gandalf the White? Oh, because Saruman has renounced his own color. In the books, he goes, I'm no longer Saruman the White. I am Saruman of the many colors, a rainbow wizard, if you will. So he himself has renounced his own title. Leaving the spot open. Why does being of the many colors, why is that better? Why does he want that more? It's sort of, so Saruman's whole motivation. Does he just not like being put into a box? Yeah, kind of. His whole thing is that he's very ambitious, but, and he's also very clever. His, his whole title, like Saruman is an elvish word that means like good with your hands, <laughs> essentially. Man of skill. And so his whole thing is that he's really big into like invention and modernization and thing like that because he's from the smith god and he's an aspect of that smith god who to be honest has made a lot of mistakes in the tolkien universe because he also made saruman and they, they kind of have a whole thing of going off on their own like for instance the initial thing that happened is that everyone was like all right we've all gotten together and we've made elves and they're perfect and we're going to put them out onto the planet grow a bunch of stuff on the planet and in a thousand years after everything's grown, we're going to put these elves here and it's going to be great. And meanwhile, um, Iul the Smith is like, so uh, I made these dwarves? And everyone is like, no, no, we all agreed we're going to make elves. He's like, well, I made dwarves. And look, they're already done. <laughs> Your elves are going to cook for another thousand years. These ones are done. They are ready to go. And they're like, oh, no, you got to. You gotta not do that. That's not good. That's gonna mess up the whole thing. I'm just gonna put them in there right now, okay? N no! No, Yeah, don't. that's pretty much they say, no, no, you can't do that. You gotta kill them. And then they look down, they're like, oh, they look real sad if we kill them. And they're like, what we're gonna do is this. We're gonna take the seven men, we're gonna put them in the ground. or the, And then there's like there's seven women, put them in the ground. And you can let one of them out to, like, live and look around, but he can't have sex with anyone. Because we cannot, the, the ecosystem cannot handle a whole new colonization of people until elves are in there. You're gonna mess up the ecosystem. So they just let the dwarves wander around on the planet, essentially, or one dwarf, before anyone else is there. And does that dwarf get real horny and have sex? I hope not, because that's the that's the one I named my cat after. <laughs> no, he just sort of wanders around and he just goes around naming everything, and he's like, "Yep, that's a pond." 
That's what that's what we're gonna call it. This is a mountain. I'm just picturing him like just sort of sitting down and looking at something and going, pa, 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 pla, pa, yeah. That's essentially pongo. No, that's not it. Pond, pond. Yeah, that's essentially that's what that is. That's essentially what he did. Anyway, so Saruman is coming from kind of like the curious rebel god so that's sort of his personality as well in that he doesn't want to do he wants to do things the way he wants to do them which he thinks are the best ways even if sometimes they're not sounds like usually they're not uh you know he's done some other good stuff i guess i'm trying to think of something let's not worry about it this is about saruman not about about saruman and saruman did some good things for a while um saruman was like a main person who got uh sauron killed the first time he got killed Hey, boom Bingo, bango. He cuts off that finger, right? Saruman doesn't cut it off, but he convinces the guy who does cut it off that he should go try. Hey, you know that guy over there? You mean the guy who reads in flame when when he talks to a thousand screaming voices with the mace? Yeah. You gotta cut off that guy's finger. You know all of his powers in his finger? Really? That seems real dumb. Well, yeah, he's kind of like a faker. He's not really that powerful. He just stole the souls of a million ghosts and stuck them inside that ring. And if you cut it off... It seems like stealing, stealing the souls of a million ghosts would take some power already. No, no, you'd know. Yeah, he convinced everyone to do it. So he, he was tricked like, him? Like, he's real tricky? Yeah, yeah he's, he's tricky. tricky. Well, won't he trick me when I try and fight him? No, 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 no. He's got to cut off his finger. He's too filled with hubris when he has the ring on to trick anyone. But wouldn't it be hubris of me to think I'm more powerful than him? Well, no, you're not. Like, you're you're probably going to die, and you probably definitely aren't going to get tricked by that ring, right? You're just going to throw it in the lava when you're done, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that... How powerful is this ring? Oh, it's so powerful. Yeah, it gives you a plus 10 to charisma, and that's it. That's all it does. <laughs> that really all it does? <laughs> yes! But it makes people invisible and stuff. It, it makes you kind of have an idea of like what you really want. It doesn't make everyone invisible. It just makes hobbits invisible. <laughs> that's so specific. Because that's what hobbits really want. They don't want to be noticed. That's their secret desire. It gives you what you really want, then. Yes. It also puts you on, like, you can see into the ethereal plane and stuff. But I mean, That's pretty good. Yeah, but, but really it just gives you a plus 10 to charisma, which is like kind of shit when you're just like a random human warlord. You're like, now I can have the biggest warlord power. But if you're, you know, a sorcerer who's powered by that, you're like, oh shit, my spells just got major mumbo jumbo now. Got some real whiz out the biz. Pretty much. So anyway, that's his whole thing is that he's just sort of this A-type guy who really wants to be in charge, but maybe shouldn't be in charge. Yeah, I get that. Most people who want to be in charge probably shouldn't be. I think that's sort of the idea. Um, so his power source, let's, we've kind of gone over his deal. I don't want to go too much into it because all this stuff is like pages and pages and pages and we don't want to really go into it. Power source wise, um, he's powered by a combination of like, first of all, he knows forbidden knowledge. So like he's kind of got that Jafar business going on where he's like, I know how to use all the magic items. I know how to make them too. So I can do that. He knows ring craft, so he can make his own magic rings. Not as good as, you know, the one ring, but he can make his own. 
They're still pretty good rings. Make a good, yeah, pretty good rings. Like, doesn't he make the red ring that lets you not age and makes you resistant to fire and stuff? I don't know if he made that one. He's really mad that the elves made a really sweet ring and then they gave it to Gandalf, which is sort of a recurring <laughs> thing. I they're really like, feel like a lot of Saruman's story is just like standing slightly off screen and he's like doing, he's like being working hard and like and doing shit and then he looks over and everyone is just like clapping for Gandalf in a little circle and lifting him up on chairs is essentially like, what happens clenches his fist and like narrows his eyes real just deep. sighs to himself <laughs> so basically at the end of the first war of the ring Sauron was leading the white council which is like the the leadership of all of the armies he's the one who puts together every single battle plan he's the one who puts together all of their t- tactics which eventually wins the war of the ring and the elves are like we're gonna give someone who we think worked the hardest on this war of the ring our super secret <laughs> magic ring and, and he's like, all like yes. oh yeah, yeah and then they're like yeah. to you gandalf and he's like oh but he doesn't say anything it's just like well i guess that's cool at all i guess sure fine you know whatever it's just just it's just a just, ring it's not even important yeah it's not you even know, the one ring it's a yeah. ring so anyway, so he's he's always off on the side being like, Gandalf, you're always taking my glory. I'm supposed to be the one in charge here. You didn't even want to do it. You weren't even supposed to be here today, you know? Gandalf doesn't even go to this school, man. Transferred in. His dad just made him go to this school. <laughs> Not like Saruman, who wanted to. He Saruman worked wanted to go to, there. He worked to go there. Exactly. That's exactly the situation we're thinking about. I don't know about the other three wizards, but... They, they were just sort of stuck in there. That's essentially his power source is coming from knowing all that kind of stuff. And also his big deal is that he's got like, he's very charismatic. Um, he's very uh, good at convincing people. So either he can terrify people who are weaker than him very easily, like he's just real scary. Or people who are equally, you know, powerful, then he's very convincing. So he's like, I am right because of this thing that I am doing. And people are like, that's a really good specific point of view. I really enjoy it. It's like his main power that's more than the, the thing that he does. That, like, he can do all the standard wizard stuff, but that's his All the standard thing. whiz biz. That's his thing that he does that only he does. And how similar it is to the One Ring and what the One Ring does leads a lot of people to think it's because he studied that stuff. Because his big thing was like, hey... I'm going to study all this dark magic, not because I want to use it, but because I want to see how it works so then it doesn't get used on us for sure. So that's kind of like a fan theory that that's the reason his power is like that, but it might, it's not really like canon, you know? And, and it's not just like people, like he can do things like he can talk to a mountain and like convince it to have an avalanche. So in, in Lord of the Rings sort of universe, mountains are, are embodied consciousnesses. Yeah, the whole Earth is alive, and, like, pieces of it are, like, rock giants are, like, just big old guys that are part of the mountain. And you can be like, yo, rock giant, wake up, and he's, like, the mountain over there, and that kind of thing. So you can, like, talk to the Earth and talk to the world and be like, yo, volcano erupt, you know, stuff like that. If you got the knowledge to do it and the power behind it. If you can speak in the old tongue of rocks. Exactly. And most people can't, but Saruman can. And then on top of that, as I said, he's... A tier. Slick. He's a very convincing. Very convincing, and on top of that, he's a tier three. So you got, you know, the seven original gods, the ones below, uh, or the original god, the seven, the seven demigods, and then the ones below that, and he's in that third tier. So that's that's pretty good as far as power levels. And keep in mind that each one is like ten times more powerful than the next. The next level below that is elves. All the elves are at that same level, and then underneath that is everyone else. Because elves are just better in Tolkien. Yeah, elves are, uh, huh. man, fuck them. 
Yeah, yeah, fuck elves. But, I mean, their whole thing is they're like, oh, you're supposed to, like, prepare the environment so that once everything is done, we can actually put people with real souls, because you guys don't have them, onto the planet. Elves yeah, elves don't get anything. They don't <laughs> They don't get anything. Eat it. Eat it, elves. El- elves are essentially little robots that the gods made to prepare the Earth for real people to live on. Just better. Well, they're better because they need to live a long time, but they can't really make their 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 ability to make conscious decisions are pretty low. They're like just like low level angels, essentially, that can be killed and stabbed to death and such. But they can't really die for real. They just turn turn into spirits and go to like elf heaven, which is just a special heaven just for elves. So it, it sounds like elves do have souls. Kinda, but like not like us. So like elf heaven isn't like a real elf heaven. It's an actual physical island on Earth that no one else can go to that when elves die or when they get done, they just sail over there and they just live on that island. And it's like, you're not allowed to go anywhere else forever until this island like sinks into the sea or something. <laughs> like, they don't get to go to like a heaven or anything. While when the mortal races die, they get to go to the next life, which is not explained, but is definitely not what elves get. And a lot of, there's like a combination of like a lot of mortal races being like, I wish we could live forever. And a lot of elves being like, sure wish I could go to that other life. So (laughs) everyone's got what they don't want. Grass is always greener. It's a whole grass is always greener situation. And of course, all of our various Smith God people are like, we could make you a ring that makes you live for forever. It's going to be super sweet. When I say forever, I mean that as like a, you know, a metaphor for like, you know, 900 years tops. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. And then you'll be ringwraiths afterwards, just just huh? saying. But you'll still technically be alive as ringwraiths. Well, only when huh? Sauron's alive, otherwise you're just sort of dead. But then when Sauron comes back, you come back. But if he dies, you also die, so... And you don't have any free will anymore. So can I set you up with these rings, or, uh... Yeah, they're definitely not evil or nothing. Yeah, no, definitely, like, very good ring. Like, yeah, let me just take a size on you. Take a size on that Fingo. Those ones were the most effective ones. He also made the uh, the dwarf rings, which I enjoy. So um, when he makes the dwarf rings, and who does he have to help make them? Our good buddy Saruman is, is making those rings, by the way. He's making all the rings along with Sauron. Saruman and Sauron, like, before Sauron went evil or had told everyone was evil were like bros in the same factory, essentially, because they're both working for the Smith God. And Sauron and Saruman are like, hey, we, we can make these cool rings. They're going to enhance everyone's power and stuff. And Saruman is like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. It'll help. And Sauron is like, but I'm secretly going to make one other ring that channels one-tenth of all their power to this one. Ha <laughs> But Saruman doesn't know about that, obviously. But uh, dwarf rings are essentially supposed to do the same things as the human rings do, but dwarves are essentially immune to magic because they weren't made by the original god of magic, and they were made by other people, so they don't do anything. The dwarf rings don't do anything. Here's what the dwarf rings do, which I think are great. So, all the rings are cursed, but the dwarf rings are accidentally cursed. The dwarf rings make you basically live for forever, right? Okay, that's pretty sweet. With no downsides. Okay. Here's the downside. Dwarfs that ring... You said there were none. Not from the ring. (laughs) Dwarfs (laughs) that live forever... Just sit and mine and craft for forever because they are dwarves, right? And if right. they never die, then they just hoard infinite wealth and then get devoured by a dragon. <laughs> because <laughs> the dragon just goes, once your wealth hits a certain tip, then the dragons come and they eat you. Or you're just like, well, I'm making this mine and I have a, like 8,000 years to dig it. I'm just going to dig and dig until I hit Balrog. <laughs> 
So <laughs> that's pretty much how the dwarf rings kill you, is that they're, they're not actually killing you from the ring. They're killing you because dwarves will eventually <laughs> kill themselves by digging too greedily or ma- amassing too much treasure and being eaten by a dragon <laughs> or <laughs> unleashing demons from un- into the bowels of the earth onto themselves. <laughs> so the rings are just enablers of the dwarves' own hubris. Exactly, and I love that. I love that they don't do any <laughs> bad things to the dwarves. And the elf rings, they never got the back door put in because our boy Saruman was like, hey, why are you putting all these passwords into this one ring? We're, I'm going to take these, bye. <laughs> and that's how our elves ended up with their three rings. And then they have the hubris to be like, you know who's going to get one of these rings? Gandalf. You know who was great? Ooh, Gandalf? Oh my god, I was just going to say that. They're just like, right? but, but I'm the one who told everyone that those rings were cursed. It's like, yeah, well, you didn't tell anyone before you got out those nine cursed man rings. Now we have immortal doom wraiths flying around with the power of, <laughs> you know, a normal wizard, even though they're just men, and they you bumped them up two levels in the power tree. You create nine ring rays, and all of a sudden, you've made a horrible error that no one can forgive you for, and no one gives you rings. Yeah. You know what I call that? I call that nepotism. Pretty much. And what's his core sadness? I think we've already, or worst enemy? I think we've already determined it. His worst enemy is Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf. And what's yeah, the Gandalf is just better than him. He just hates and the more, fact and more liked <laughs> that Gandalf is always like, "Oh man, I never trusted those ring guys from the beginning." But you wanted to work on your weird ring progress, and now look, he was a big dick, and he made all these evil rings. Who's <laughs> who told you? I didn't even want to work on them in the first place. And he's like, "But the rings were so cool. They had some cool ways of working." He's like, yeah, well, I don't care if things are cool. I could tell it was evil. <laughs> and his core sadness is the same thing. He's sad that Gandalf is always a little more popular, a little bit more wizardly, a little bit more correct at all times. His core sadness is that he is not Gandalf. That is pretty much it. He really wants to be Gandalf. Mm-hmm. And like we all do. There's some pretty good stuff going on with his Gandalf relations that is not in the movie, so I'm going to go over it real quick with you. So Saruman here, he's uh, sort of got this whole thing going on where uh, he kind of knows that he's fucked, essentially. He's kind of gone off the path, and he's like, oh man, I messed up. I just imprisoned, you know, my good buddy Gandalf, which is probably a real bad thing. I probably shouldn't have done that. So when he's doing that, he already knows where the ring is. He knows that the hobbits have it. He's sitting there going like, I should go say I'm sorry to Gandalf, right? And he doesn't do that because the Lord of the Nazgul show up. And he's like, oh my god, this guy is the scariest the scariest guy I've ever seen. I really don't want to work with this guy. Look at this guy. He's like a fucking skeleton man. This is the worst. <laughs> and he's like, where's the ring, Saruman? He's like, oh man, uh, I don't. I don't know where the ring is. Uh, Gandalf has it. And he's like, oh, I can't ask for Gandalf's help now. I just, I just blamed Gandalf on it. <laughs> and of course, you know, the Nazgul guy believes him because Saruman's big thing is that he can convince anyone of anything, or almost anyone of anything. And then he's like, all right, all right. His initial goal of capturing Gandalf was he was like, all right, we're just going to, you and me, we're not going to be on Sauron's side. We're not going to be on the good people's side. We're just going to be you and me, wizard bros. And we're going to get the ring, and we're going to be the new leaders in charge, wizard power. Um, and Gandalf is like, no, I don't want that. And he's like, all right, I'm going to ask Gandalf if he'll uh, he'll forgive me. It will be okay. I'll just go up there. I'll say, you know what? Everyone's right. You should be in charge. I shouldn't do this. It's very bad. If I just go up there and, and I get him out of my, you know, impossible to uh, break free from prison, then, you know, everything will good. 
He goes up there, and of course, it's been like five minutes ago, Gandalf just escaped on a giant eagle. And he's like, oh no, he did it to embarrass me again, that Gandalf. (laughs) So he's like ready to go in and ask for forgiveness, and then he doesn't. And then the last time Gandalf shows up, Gandalf is like, I will totally forgive you. You can do whatever you want. You're going to be free to leave. I'm not going to let anyone kill or hurt you. Because we've won this war, you're you're good, you're done. All you got to do is you got to give me your staff and everything, and we'll, we'll give it back to you if you're a good boy, okay? So if you go over to Sauron and start doing evil stuff, you're not going to get it back. But if you're good, then we will. And Sauron is like, they're just trying to trick me so that they can take my staff and I'll be un- I'll be defenseless and then they'll kill me for reals. So he just leaves and then Gandalf is just like, he just wordlessly just destroys the staff and unmagics Saruman, essentially. So in... um. The books, Saruman doesn't get killed at his tower. He gets unmagicked at his tower. And then Saruman is just a regular guy for a while. Yeah, just walks around being a dude. Doesn't he, like, go to Hobbiton and, like, become, like, a a crime lord? Yes, he does. He does become a mob boss. So he's (laughs) like, you know what I hate the most? Gandalf. You know what Gandalf loves the most? Hobbits. I'm going to fuck over the hobbits as my last act, just so that Gandalf won't know being happy anymore, because I'm going to ruin the Shire with industrialization, because that's one thing I know how to do. Is I know how to make <laughs> giant, horrible machines that chop down trees and make smog and stuff, because I'm from the, the mechanic god, and I like to do that kind of stuff. So he goes over there, and he just... So petty. Yeah, it's incredibly petty. Um, So he goes over there, and he just goes up to all the various crime lords and, like, little guys. Like, the guy who steals all of Bilbo's, like, silverware in The Hobbit. Like, all the petty Mm -hmm. people. He walks over, he's like, you're going to join my crime team now. And they're like, oh, you seem very convincing, because he still has that power. (laughs) And so they join him, and he just makes this horrible mob. And then just starts, like, burning down the Shire and getting rid of all the trees and making it a terrible place to live. And being like, I've introduced capitalism and factories to the Shire. Now they don't just share their pipe weed and smoke it all day and share their food anymore. Not anymore. Take that, Gandalf. (laughs) And then, yeah. Doesn't he, like, get his throat slit or something like that? Yep. So, yeah, so basically the hobbits show up and they're like, yeah, we just took 10 levels in badass and you're just some normal guy now and we know you're up to shit. So they beat up all of his minions. They make a big mass grave and throw them all in there. And then (laughs) they kill all the other. Well, a lot of them are just guys. Some of them are hobbits. Yeah, one of them (laughs) is a hobbit who has like a gang of like 100 people that is just called the sheriff. (laughs) And it's spelled S-H-A-R-R-A-F, the sheriff. (laughs) Yeah. They just go back to the Hobbiton and just kill a bunch yeah, of Yeah, they dudes. do. And then they feel really sad about it. They're like, oh, war ruins everything. Look at this place. Oh, no. It's real bad. And they put them in a big mass grave that they call, like, the killing grave or something. And they plant a tree on top of it because they're hobbits. And then after they're done, Frodo is like, I don't even want to look at you anymore, Saruman. You're the fucking worst. Get out of here. And then Saruman is like, oh, man, maybe I should. Maybe I am the worst. But no one talks to me like that. Grima, go kill that guy. And then Grima's like, I'm sick of you possibly around. It just cuts Saruman's throat right then and there. And that's the end of Saruman, who is then forced to live as a wraith on Middle-earth for all time without any power. Because he doesn't get to go back to, like, Angel Heaven. And he doesn't get to go to the next life. And he doesn't get to go to Special Elf Island. So he's just like a little wispy ghost that just hangs out on Earth forever. That's his that's Dang, his punishment. Saruman. He multiple times was like, you know, they're right, I'm being a real dick. But then he just 
always double downs on the, the wrong side. <laughs> just kept making bad choice after bad yeah, choice. He's, he's known as Sharky, which I think too. That's such a pathetic name. It is. Uh, and you just know that even as a wraith, he's still being like, fucking Gandalf. You know it. Sharky is just orcish for old man. Because that's what he got turned into after... He's just called, into, after, he's just called old man. After oh. Gandalf got rid of his staff, he just... Yeah, he got a bunch of orcs that were still around. He's like, hey, look, I know how to speak orcish. And they were like, oh, he seems real smart. And he knows how to make dynamite and stuff. That's one of the <laughs> other things, is that one of Saruman's other quote-unquote magic powers isn't really magic, so much that he knows how to do, like, weird technology Chemistry. stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, he knows how to make dynamite and blasting powder and, like, electronic... Not electronic, like mechanical crossbows and stuff like that. It's all Bal- pretty good. Yeah, and ballistas and all that kind of stuff, because that's like one of his powers. And everyone else is like, how did you guys even figure that stuff out? And he's like, oh, I did it. I, I got shown by, uh, you know, Forge God. Yeah, which is also why all the orcs and goblins have stuff like that, too, because Saruman is also friends with Sor- Forge God, because they're both Forge God guys. Yeah. All into forging. I mean, it's pretty incredible that... Uh... You know, the v- v- dynamite uh, horses one. I do enjoy it. Um, also, he does like weird gene splicing too down in his his horrible pits. He splices together orcs and like men. trolls to make men to make urukai. Yeah, and Uruk- warps elves down into orcs. Well, that's one of those things where like uh, he says that in the movie, but it's never really implied in the books. Is that uh, orcs were sort of orcs were definitely correct, corrupted elves. And goblins are like corrupted hobbits and stuff like that. But it's not that he made them like that. That just happens to people who hang out with Saruman's boss. I forgot his name now. Yeah, the, the big, bad guy. The really big bad guy. They get all possessed by that. But then Saruman's like, oh, but look at this. When they go out in the sun, they can't see anything. And they're all like five foot tall tops. This is terrible. They're the worst. And they're stupid. And they don't listen to orders. They're the worst. Let's put a bunch of of humid in there and then we'll kind of mix them around and we'll put them in these big mud baths and they'll just pop out fully grown <laughs> i mean to be honest that's a pretty good plan man you just get some full-grown dudes popping out that's uh, ready to fight full knowledge of language and ability to to reason and follow orders he like... just puts all the knowledge that he needs in there and then the best part is he's like he so all the orcs are essentially forced to work for Saruman or for uh, Sauron, just mm-hmm. because they are orcs, they like they're basically bound to his will because of their ancestors. Saruman actually erases that part of their brain so that they're bound to his will instead, because Saruman is not working for Sauron. He wants to be Sauron. Yeah, he's like Sauron's got a pretty good idea. I think exactly. I could do that. He's like, man, man, if I got my own ring, I could do a much better job. I wouldn't make it super gross everywhere. I mean, yeah, the section I made super gross with the weird mud babies, but, you know, <laughs> I maybe I wouldn't do that after I was in charge. That's just a step on the path. Exactly. So, I think then it's time for us to get into our segments. All right, let's do it. So, first up on the docket, best spell. What is the best spell that you have? So this is the best spell segment where we talk about the best canonical spell that our wizard of the week casts. All right. So as we said, he's so convincing that he can convince things to happen. So when the fellowship is going over um, the mountains, they're like, oh, we can just go over these mountains. It'll be way better than going through Moria. He sends out all of his birds that can see. he can see through their eyes and he knows about it. And then he goes out and stands on top of his tower. And I like to point out his tower 
is just a really big version of his staff. So it amplifies his power <laughs> by a huge. Like, have you looked at it? Because it I is. Have. It does. Yeah. It's a, it's a big staff. So he's like, my magical range is now no longer just um, my voice. Fifty feet. It is now worldwide. I've gone worldwide now. And he then convinces the mountain to have an avalanche in bad weather on the fellowship, forcing them through Moria. <laughs> and I'm going to say that's his best spell right there. That's a great spell. It's high-tier whiz-biz, and it's a little bit one of those things where it's like, it's not super orthodox whiz-biz either. It's like, he yells out at the mountain, is like, you know you want to have a big old avalanche and have some bad weather. It's going to be real great. If, when was the last time you avalanche? It's been like a hundred years. You're worth it. Treat yourself to a little avalanche. You know what? Have a self-care weekend. Give yourself an avalanche, mountain. Look at you, sitting there all still and beautiful and majestic. You know what you need? You need an avalanche. And I was like, oh, yeah, I am beautiful and majestic. That's probably his most, like, right out to business big spell. I mean, a lot of his other stuff is like, oh, I made some magic rings. I convinced some people to do some stuff. The other one would be, like, if he uses magic, which I assume he does, to make his horrible orc crossbreeds. That's pretty cool. But I don't know if that counts as a spell so much as him just doing magic stuff. I think his best spell is gun he does technically have the ability to make guns he yeah. never does it but he could he could i think his best spell you know we can look at him he can make blasting powder he can make mechanical crossbows i think he can make guns but i think that's a bridge too far even for him i don't know if he's like able to cast steel like that into the tubes maybe i think it's just that he doesn't want to give orcs guns that is probably also it too because like all right somebody find some blasting powder you know all right, what are they going to do? It's just going to spill on the ground and be gone. But the orcs have a bunch of guns, and some guy dies, and now the now the other side has guns. Now everyone's got guns. It's, it's, it's arms proliferation. It's an arms race, you know? The second he starts making guns, then he's going to get the Riders of Rohan coming in, and they've got rifles. Exactly. It's, That'll it's, be it's, the rifles of Rohan. That would be real bad. It would, it, would, it would alliterate the same way. It would be terrible for him. Plus, what if he gave an orc a gun, and then an orc got it into his head, like, what if I just point this at Saruman? See what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Saruman can, like, deflect guns. He might be able to when he's at, like, full power with uh, the White Wizard and the staff and stuff. I, I don't know if he'd be actually be killable by, like, mortal means like that. I mean, he's, he's at the same or higher level than Gandalf, who fought a Balrog for, like, five days and fell off a mountain inside of another mountain. They're pretty tough. They're just literally, by their their decree, not allowed to use their power like but that. But it would probably hurt a lot. It probably would hurt a lot, and it probably wouldn't be good. Yeah, he'd be worried that an orc would shoot his eye out. Exactly. Oh, man, can you just imagine, like, all the orcs, like, they take their dead orcs and they throw them in a fire, but they still have their guns and they all explode? <laughs> It would really be a bad idea to give them guns. His um, best spell is the one he has the wisdom not to cast, and that is the spell Gun. Make Gun. He also, <laughs> um, not only does he do the crossbreed with the orcs, he does one with trolls too, where he can make smarter trolls that don't turn to stone. And that's why the trolls at the end of the movie can do that, because after he gets all of his stuff, like after he's depowered, all of his minions immediately default right to Sauron. So. <laughs> Which is kind of a downer for everyone else involved. <laughs> uh, well, they need someone to go to. They don't have a lot of sense. Where else are they going to go? Like, there's actually, like, them talking about, they're like, what if we defect? They're like, where are we going to go? We're going to go over and say, hey, to Aragorn, he's going to let us live, live <laughs> down. Where are we going to get our fresh raw pig meat that we have to eat by the buckets? <laughs> 
(laughs) (laughs) They're not going to be able to go anywhere else. No, they don't have uh, a lot of other options. The only person who's ever shown any empathy for, like, anyone that was ugly in Lord of the Rings was Bilbo that one time, and it didn't really even work out super well for him. He did not learn the right lesson from that. (laughs) Well, he's like, this weird guy down in the water with the boat, he seems okay. (laughs) Oh, oh no. Oh, he's going to try and eat me. Sitting there eating me, and I better steal the one thing he loves. God damn it! It's, yeah. it's one birthday present. It's one, the one thing that seems to give this horrible little man joy. I'm gonna take it. I enjoy the bad luck of the ring being like, yeah, well, some, it'll just turn back up because it's really easy to turn up, and it just happens to be picked up by some little little bastard just lives in a cave by himself <laughs> and just it just lives there and then like everyone is like where did it go <laughs> it, it like it usually shows up like within like five years tops because whoever gets it becomes a crazy egomaniac and this guy just is like i just wanted to be left alone so i used its magical powers to make me be left alone <laughs> and they're just like this is the worst no one can find it <laughs> Come on, why wouldn't someone be an egomaniac with this? Who got it? It's supposed to make men into egomaniacs and elves into, like, demigods. So one of them has to have it, and they're like, what do you mean, a hobbit? A what? What <laughs> is that? Come from? I didn't make them. Nobody made hobbits. They're like, who made them? They're like, they just showed up one day. <laughs> they're just like little little tiny men that like food and breakfast. And what 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 what's the ring do when they get they go invisible? This is the worst. We'll never find it now. They go invisible. Are you kidding? Really? <laughs> invisible little tiny men who like to eat food? That's what they do with it. It makes them better at hiding and they're already basically we didn't even know they existed. Only <laughs> one guy even knows about them and it's Gandalf because he likes to go some get high with them. Exactly. He's just like his little his little pop buddies. He's like they make good burglars. <laughs> Cuz they're sneaky. Gandalf is an irresponsible wizard sometimes. I enjoy that there's a a thing that's uh, implied that Gandalf did the entire thing. Because he's like, they're fighting the necromancer who is Sauron. And Saruman goes in, fights the necromancer, and is like, get out of here, necromancer. You're, You're just a shadow of yourself. You can't be sitting around resurrecting dead guys and stuff. Since he doesn't have the ring, there's nothing that he can really do to stop him. Because he's like a wuss without the ring. And Gandalf is like, oh man... Saruman is going to totally bonk up this whole ring war. I guarantee it. And you know what would be really bad is if when Sauron came, he had a dragon. We got to get rid of that dragon before Sauron gets back. Because it's going to be <laughs> real bad if Sauron has a dragon. We got to toast that dragon. Who could I con into getting rid of this dragon? He's stuck in that cave. We'll never get him in there. We got to get him real mad so he gets out of that cave so someone can shoot him a bunch before <laughs> Sauron gets him. Because if we get Sauron, he's going to put a ring on that dragon. It's going to be unstoppable. It's going to be real bad. So his whole thing is like sort of like a side quest of being like, yeah, you'll get your kingdom back. But really, it's more about like getting rid of Smog before Sauron shows up. <laughs> oh, Gandalf, you bastard. A little bit of a bastard. <laughs> So, uh, let's go to our next segment. Whiz biz. Why don't you mind your whiz biz at your whiz business? Just as well that How do they use their magic to run a company? So, I myself am in sales. And the whole point of sales is to convince people to do things that they probably don't want to do. By convincing them it's in their best interest to, or convincing them that they'll be afraid because they'll miss out if they don't. So what you're now, saying is... 
That's Saruman's best power, right? There. Yeah, it's his best thing. He's got a super convincing voice, and that's all he needs too. He it's pretty explicit that it's his voice, not his appearance, not his face. You know, and he can and when he amplifies his voice, he talks to a mountain. Yeah, so exactly. I think that the logical step for that is that Saruman should be a telemarketer. Because think about it. He gets the biggest spread that way. You know, he efficiently contact people. The second they pick up the phone, he can be like, hey, hold on. I just have a, I want a second of your time. And they're like, oh, I can give him that. And he doesn't even need to be a telemarketer. He can just be an ad on the radio. Mm-hmm. And then everyone gets hit simultaneously. <laughs> Boom. He's got the whole thing. And I bet the Tower of Orthnak probably has real good reception. <laughs> it's really tall. It's the tallest thing around. Like, there's only one other tower. <laughs> He's one of the two. So we can assume that Saruman would sell his time as an ad man, as, as voice talent for oh, radio God, ads. yes, exactly. Yeah. He comes on, he's like, you know where you need to go? You need to go shopping at Al's Hardware. If you don't go, you'll be a miserable wretch for the rest of your life. But if you do go, it's going to have a real good time. And you spend all your money. You can get yourself a brand new ball-peen hammer. They're on sale now at Al's Hardware. Three ball-peen hammers for the price of two ball-peen hammers. I mean, he'd probably be like two ball-peen hammers for the price of three ball-peen hammers. You need it. You want it. Ball-peen. I don't like the word (laughs) ball-peen. Saruman, I believe, would be able to convince you, though. Come on, Jordan. You know you love ball-peen as a word. Say it with me. he would be able to convince me. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Only three people ever resisted him, and that was, like, Sauron himself, Gandalf, and Gandalf a lot of times was convinced by him, because he was convinced for, like, 3,000 years that Saruman knew what he was doing. (laughs) And then Galadriel or Elrond or someone like that were like, eh, we're kind of on the same page. I also want to give a little shout-out here for um, the... uh, Ralph Bashi version of uh, Saruman, uh, who is not named Saruman. He's named Aruman. Mm-hmm, because they were like, it sounds too similar, which I'm going to say this. After talking about Sauron and then Saruman like ten times in this podcast, they were right. Ralph Bakshi's got a point, man. They do sw- uh, swap it back and forth <laughs> interchangeably in the movie sometimes, which is Yeah, I think they funny. forgot. <laughs> I think they changed their minds and then just forgot to rewrite the whole script. The Ralph Baskey movie is the uh, the worst of all of the uh, Lord of the Ring adaptions, by the way. I don't know. It's got that song, Frodo of the Nine Fingers and the Ring no, of Doom. No, it does not. Oh, is that a different one? So here's what oh, happens. Oh, is this the so, like, five-minute long one they made to keep the rights? No, it's not five minutes long. It's pretty long. Who made that other one? I have that movie here somewhere. Give me a second. The Lord of the Rings movie that you're thinking of is made by Rank- it's Rankin Bass. Not is that Ralph a Rankin Basque? So the Hobbit is Rankin Basque, which was really good, which has all the fun songs in it. They never made Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, or Two Towers. That was made by Ralph Bakshi, and those are pretty bad. And then and no one liked that, or they couldn't get Ralph to come back, or something like that. So then they brought in the people who made the Hobbit movie to make the third one, the, the Return of the King, which is where Frodo of the Nine Fingers comes in. And Saruman doesn't appear in that at all. Okay. It's terrible, though. It's badly animated. People have, like, weird faces all the time. Um, If you ever see the part where they fight the Balrog, they literally just drew the Balrog, and then they just kind of slid it around the page, like, (laughs) as it flies. Um, It's it's really bad. 
That is incredible. God bless terrible animation. Like, they tried to do a lot of stuff that they shouldn't have, because it was like they were doing 3D animation and computer animation, but it was 1979, so it was very bad. Just increasingly bad. And it's not very threatening looking either. It's just like a weird lion thing with butterfly wings. Oh, it does look bad. Oh, I love it. Yeah, they just sort of slide him around on the screen. And they do a lot of rotoscoping in that movie, too. But then they were like, oh, we, we can't draw this many orcs, so we'll just make everything silhouettes. It's like how in anime they um, use black on red silhouettes as a way of uh, doing, like, sometimes elaborate sequences and also save money on it, you know? It cuts down on the cost enormously to not have to do all the little fiddly bits. But it looks cool. But not here. <laughs> not here. I, I will say, though, that um, a lot of the new movies actually have parts that are scene-for-scene scene identical to the animated movies. Like, with the camera angles and everything identical. Really? And cool. uh, Ralph Baskey and the Rankin-Bass people were, got really mad about this. Because they were <laughs> like, what are you doing? You can't just do that. And they're like, we did. I will say, though, also that the cover of the animated Lord of the Rings is, is amazing. Gandalf is very much a, a van wizard in that cover, which I have just posted. Oh, yeah. he's Well, Gandalf is like the he's, archetypal van wizard. He's the van archetypal wizard. van wizard. So Absolutely. Speaking of, we should get back to Saruman here. I just wanted to just give a quick shout out to Aruban because I was thinking about it. Because I keep going Sauron, 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 and getting my mouth all... Cylon, yeah. Let's go to our segment, D&D and Debate. D&D and Debate, and this segment we talk about what class this character would be in the classic RPG Dungeons and Dragons. So, um... This is a tricky one, I think. Yeah, I think that he's going to say he's a sorcerer, but I'm not going to go with that. I'm probably going to go with he's an enchanter, enchanter subclass from... So, a wizard with a subclass enchanter. So, uh, in 5e, each of the classes has a subclass with various concentrations. Well, that's also the case in 2nd and 3rd, too, but... Oh, you get to choose a school of magic, yeah. But, in 5e, you get, like, special abilities along with it. And uh, wizards are broken down in the eight schools. So enchantment is explicitly mind-affecting stuff. What I think, if you're in D&D, is blatantly the most evil of all. Like, you think Necromancer's bad? Mm, enchantment is where all the real bad stuff is. Yeah, with Necromancers, like, you're animating the dead, but like... Dead don't care. Yeah, exactly. They're already dead. Yeah, and it's explicitly, like, not their souls. You're, just, you're, make, you're, you're making bone machines, bone robots, bone bots. You got you know? stuff like fingers of death, but it's not like the other classes don't shoot death and lightning and crap all the time. You're just using negative energy rather than fire. It's just, it's just grisly, you know, like, when yeah. you shoot someone's finger of death, like, their whole body melts off into a skeleton, which is pretty gross, but, I mean, I bet getting hit by a fireball or a lightning bolt enough to kill you is probably pretty gross, too. Yeah, it's all pretty bad. So I think Necromancers get a bad rap. Enchanting is definitely the most, like, there's no way to use enchantment in a good way. Yeah. Like, when you cast Charm Person on that, it's basically saying you no longer have consent on doing your own free will. You're just robbing people of free will. Yeah, exactly. So anything you have them do is against their consent because you force them to consent to it, which is really fucked up. Even, even like, the most, like, like the cantrips are even bad. Like, friends. You just make someone friends with you for, like, a minute. And you're like, hey, we're good friends. And they're like, no, you're not. Get advantage on one skill check. And then they're immediately like, hey, no, wait a second. You made me do that. It's pretty bad. 
It's very bad. And their, like, abilities that they get are explicitly like, yeah, you can use suggestion on someone, force them to follow a command of yours, you can force somebody to, like, think of you better. Yeah, that is explicitly the thing. Yeah, and I'm also going to say that he's probably definitely a wizard enchanter, not not a sorcerer, because he has a few spells that just aren't sorcerer abilities, like control weather, as what I'd say is his best spell. Only on the cleric, wizard, and druid list, not on that sorcerer list. No, sir. Now, what level is he? I mean, control level weather by itself is an 8th level spell. He's probably got epic spells because he can do like things like creating life, creating magic. He's got those item creation feats. You know, he's not making like little, you know, wuss magic items. He's making the big boys. Now, he's not brewing potions. He's making rings that make you immortal. He's making guns. Exactly. He's making guns in a setting that shouldn't have guns for another 2,000 years. <laughs> Yeah, so I'd say a, a pretty high-level wizard. I'm going to I'm gonna say that I'm just going to throw him right on there as a 20th level. Maybe even an epic-level wizard, just bound by a, a geese to not interfere directly. Yeah, he can he can mess around with other high-powered beings, but he can't just go around blowing people up with lightning bolts, you know? No, yeah. And I'm also going to throw out that I think he's a more powerful wizard than Gandalf is. Oh, really? Well, he could beat Gandalf in a one-on-one fight, Unless uh, he is being, like, demagicked or something like that. We see that Gandalf's big spells are, like, casting light or light and stuff like that. Um, but Gandalf has levels in fighter. Absolutely. Gandalf carries a sword, man. Like, Gandalf absolutely yeah. has levels in fighter. He uses a sword. He adventures. And Saruman is is a tower wizard. He literally lives in his tower doing tower biz, researching stuff with his giant crystal that lets him see into other places and and do things like that he's a wizard's wizard he's not he's not a multi-class he is a pure wizard yeah he does the biz he does the whiz exactly he's down there with his magic shop he's messing around with the dna of orcs exactly uh, so yeah 20th level tower wizard of school of enchantment with access to meta magic feats and item creation exactly you know i wish i could say like oh no he's this instead but like Nah, man. I don't think we're going to debate it. I just I think that that's on the nose, right out the, the gate. The only other thing I was thinking of is he's um, a uh, a cleric wizard that... Uh, or not a cleric. He's a wizard. He's a sorcerer that is um, like the divine soul sorcerer where you're getting power directly from a god because he's essentially an angel. Um, but... And, and I like that because it meets charisma, his max stat, which, you know, is... You know, his whole talky, convincing thing. Yeah, he's an um, ASMR, maybe? Yeah, I mean, he, he wouldn't even be an ASMR. He's he's a literal he's angel. Straight up an angel. He's a straight up angel. But he is clothed angel. in flesh, you know. He's clothed in flesh, but his powers come from being an angel, not from... That's true. Like, that's the thing, is he, he doesn't... Well, he does study stuff, because he has to learn how to make the magic rings and learn stuff, but... His ability to do magic in general doesn't come from study. It comes from the fact that he is an angel. Is that a prestige class in Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's a, probably somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. But a I think mystic the best, theurge. I mean, a mystic theurge is really more like some sort of like like an, a mystic with like candles and things. Mm. That's true. Both cleric spells. And... He could cleric and uh, cleric and wizard spells. 
a divine seeker, an arcane devotee? I think that the one the one that we're going for is probably going to be the enchantment wizard. I just think it fits him way better. So, Saruman, level 20 wizard of the school of enchantment. Yeah, I think that's pretty on the nose. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. So we've reached the time where we're going to rate this wizard. I want you to rate that wizard. I want you to rate that wizard. Yeah! So tell me about him. In this segment, we rate our wizard of the week on four distinct qualities. Their hat, their beard, their magic, and their digs. So first off, let's rate Saruman's hat. Yeah, uh... Saruman has no hat. Does not have a hat. Zero out of 13 cantrips. I feel real bad. I'm trying to find if there he has ever been depicted no, with I a don't... hat in anything. Even the cartoons, he does not have one. He doesn't have a hat, dude. He loses a lot of points. And you know what? I think that's probably one of the big reasons why Gandalf you know, has the advantage on him. Because Gandalf's got a fucking great wizard hat. Yeah, Gandalf has an iconic wizard hat. It's not mm-hmm. even a cone hat. It's got a brim and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. Merlin has a cone hat, which is pretty great, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that cone hat is, I did some research into that. The co- the whole idea of the cone is that it distills the ideas of the universe into your head, like it's a funnel for knowledge. Oh, man. Isn't that cool? That is cool, but even in the animated series, he doesn't have one. No. You know, sometimes Saruman, he's got a cool, like, you know, rainbow outfit, but beyond that, just no, not even a hood. I mean, he's got a lot of beard in the animated version. He's got a good sense of style, I'll give him that got a nice cape he's got a you know he's, he's a styling he's, guy i mean he's christopher lee i mean it's going pretty cool and it's not like he's not able to wear a hat like he has demon horns or something no he just chooses not just to just chooses not to even you know radagast has his poop hat <laughs> yeah his weird little uh ushanka poop hat just it's all bad yeah oh man so i think we have to give him zero out of 13 cantrips for the hat yeah zero on the hat that is sad next up we look at his beard. Well, he's got a perfectly functional beard. Um, his, his beard is I'd huge. I'd say it's, 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 it's well really groomed. quite good. It covers most of his front. It's got, you know, a good color to it. I think it's a really good beard. And it, like, reaches to his waist, you know. It's not a short beard. Yeah, we talk about different beards he's got. So I think you got to compare him in comparison with Gandalf here, okay? Mm-hmm. So if we look at Gandalf in the movie, we see that he's got a big, bushy beard, like, a freaking excellent beard. And he trims it down a bit when he's in white wizard mode. But white wizard mode isn't his normal. He's got, I'd say, a more wonderful beard than... I mean, here, we're going to compare them here. Gandalf has a wild and woolly beard, right? Yes, which I think is better, um, personally. Like, here they are just standing next to each other as friends, as they will. Saruman's is is more well-groomed, I would say. He, yeah, it's, he, well, it's, he uh... has to go to meetings and stuff. Sar- Gandalf is out, like, smoking pot with hobbits all day. And, and... Whereas Saruman's doing the work, yeah. So he's got to keep it clean, he's got to keep it groomed. Like, I think he bleaches it white. Well, it's kind of grayish sometimes. So, like, if you look in uh, the Hobbit movie, it's white. And in um, Saruman, in... Um, the actual movies, it's got kind of a gray middle part here, yeah, but it's whiter in the original, which either it's, you know, he's older, which I don't understand why it would go darker as he got older, or it's just like he's morally gray and thus turning gray kind of thing. He could just be dying it, trying out a new look, you know? If anyone's going to have the technology to die, it's going to be 
you know him. He's probably got all sorts of. And it's stuff. very yeah, it's very straight. But yeah, you're right. It's not as big and bushy as Gandalf's. It's it. I you know I was wrong before. It doesn't go down to his waist. It goes mid chest, which is respectable. Don't get me wrong. And then let's compare again to his Ralph Basky version, where he's got a bigger beard going down to his like his feet, essentially. But then we compare that one to Ralph Basky's Gandalf. And Gandalf is pretty much all beard. And it's a little bit more like it's not like he actually has hair part and beard part as opposed to Saruman, who's just like a weird beard man. And then on top of that, like, he's got a little bit more, like, some jaggedy edges on there, which, like... It gives it more character, for sure. I mean, I'm not going to say that this is a bad beard. No, 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 it's a good beard. But it's not as good as Gandalf's beard. I think it's an 11 out of 13 cantrips 11 out of 13 cantrips. Not as good as Gandalf. Not as good. Gandalf has a perfect beard. Archetypal. And I'm just going to say this. Saruman's beard... If it weren't compared to Gandalf, I'm actually going to bump him up to 12. Exactly. It would be a 12 out of 13 cantrip beard. It would be 13 out of 13 if Gandalf wasn't there. Gandalf wasn't there. If Gandalf wasn't there. We know in these universes where he lives, you can have a better beard, and he has not gotten one. He doesn't have it. So 12 out of 13, not as good as Gandalf. Let's look at his magic. He's got that voice. You know, he can talk people into things. He's got magic that can reach the whole world. It's all whiz-biz. It's not like... He turns orcs into urukai. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can really do better on the magic zone. I think he's... I think it's not as flat... I don't know. I think you could have bigger and flashier magic, like... uh... Yeah, he's not... But you have to keep in mind, the Lord of the Rings magic is not flashy magic, really. Even Sauron, who's like doesn't have any restriction on him, is not doing... Sure. He's got a big sure. eyeball. That's you know. So we know he's not as powerful as Sauron. You know that's explicit in the text, right? But it's, he's got great magic, um, and we know that Gandalf does beat him. But he does have pretty far-reaching magic. Pretty. I'd powerful also say magic. he'd probably be more powerful than Sauron if he had the ring than Sauron is with the ring. Well, sure, we're, but we're not doing in on ifs. Sauron has the ring. Sauron's more powerful. Yeah, I mean. When he doesn't have the ring, though, which is the most of the book, I think that the real thing that Sauron's got going for him is he's got, like, the evil armies, not really magic. Like, what magic does Sauron big do? Big flaming eye. He's got, got the, the big uh, giant eye that he can see anywhere. But guess what? Sauron can also see everywhere the eye can see, because he's got one of those stones. The Silmarils, yeah. No, not the Silmarils, the Stone of Orthrak. Yeah, if he had the Silmarils, that'd be real bad, because those create all light and stuff um no he's got the stone of anthrac or whatever it's called which is what the eye works on by the way you know you can see anywhere you want but anyone who looks into it can also be seen by the eye sort of thing so you know he does that i mean he's not really doing any big magic or uh saruman because he's basically like a wraith he can boss orcs around but they really just getting bossed around because they don't got nowhere else to go i'd say his big thing is having the nazgul is his big magic for saruman and i don't know if that counts as saruman's magic I mean, he made the ring to make rings, but so did Saruman. Sauron, Saruman, oh, I'm doing the thing again. But yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about. The big guy's got the Nazgul. You know, also, Saruman is in a much worse place. He's surrounded by enemies. He's got, got Sauron to the east. He's got Gondor directly south. He's got all the other wizards beating on his door, being like, what are you doing? He's got Ents right up in his business. You know, he's just not in as nearly as defended an area as as Sauron is. So, you know, I just I just think he's probably the most powerful wizard or magic user in Lord of the Rings is probably Saruman. Okay, so... I'm going to give him a, another 12 on 13 
Or maybe an 11 on 13, but that doesn't mean Gandalf is better on him in this one. 11 on 13, I'd say because he's very powerful, but he's not the most powerful wizard we're going to see in this series. Yeah, exactly. Like, Lord of the Rings is a very, kind of almost a low-power setting until you run around with the big guys like like these guys explicitly. All right, so now let's talk about his digs. I'm really excited about, about this one. Dude, okay, so awesome kick-ass tower that looks exactly like his staff. That he can use as a staff. Mm-hmm. To amplify his might. Surrounding it is a number of small buildings, which is a college of magic, which he presides over, where all magical research is done, which is then converted into an underground secret laboratory that is inside of a giant well, surrounded by a magical forest. That is some great wizard digs. That's some great wizard digs. You can't do better than that. You can't do better I'd than like that. I'd like to point out, what is Gandalf's digs? This guy's digs where this guy's in charge. Yeah, Gandalf lives in his tower. Exactly. He lives in one of the littler towers next to this tower. The most impressive digs we've seen so far on this show. I, I don't think I can give him anything but a perfect score on digs. Yeah, this is 13 out of 13 cantrips. 13 out of 13 cantrips on digs. You can't... Perfect digs. I mean, yeah, it does get flooded and destroyed, but it actually, like, the tower is still there. He's still, like, hanging out up there. It still looks just like his staff, which is awesome. You can still probably still use it as a big old staff. And you know what? Everything eventually gets destroyed. We can't can't say, like, because his his empire didn't live forever, Genghis Khan didn't mean shit. The only digs that I'm thinking of that would be comparable are also in the Lord of the Rings universe, which is Mordor and his giant tower surrounded by a volcano with a giant eye on the top of it. Mordor is awesome. Mordor is super wizardly. But it's an objectively worse place to actually live. Yeah, and also he doesn't have a spell tower that lets him project his magic for, for across the whole world. He's got the giant burning eye tower. And no one can live in the tower because Sauron isn't a guy anymore. He's just a weird ghost. Just a big weird ghost with a big burning eye. Yeah, so yeah, definitely 100%. 13 out of 13 on digs. So, hat, 0 out of 13. Beard, 11 out of 13. Not as good as Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Magic, 11 out of 13. Better Very than good Gandalf. Magic. Better than Gandalf. Diggs, way better than Gandalf. The real thing, though, is that Gandalf might get like a six or seven out of Diggs because he's sharing Diggs. He just, but he beats him so handily on the hat and the beard. In the end, it ends up with Gandalf as being. He edges him out by quite a few points, actually, because of that. Because of the beard. Not the beard, the hat. The hat. And you know what? That's going to really sting the most to Saruman. The hat and the beard. You just need to go to the hat store and get any hat and you'd get some points. Get a top hat, Saruman. You could pull it off. You're tall. You only need like a 5 out of 10 hat to beat Gandalf for once. But you didn't do it. You didn't have the initiative. And that is your tragedy, Saruman. Is that even though you have better magic and better digs, you still aren't overall a better wizard than Gandalf. Which is rough. That is rough. 35 out of 52 points. Still very good. I think he's the highest. Well, is he the highest one we've gotten so oh, far? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Definitely, if you were to put him in a fight with any of the other people we've done, only other one that might be able to put him in a, a test is Sabrina when she's like Lord of Hell or something. I don't know. I feel like comedy Sabrina could, but, you know, that's because she's got goofy omnipotence. I think that if uh, Saruman was there... In Sabrina's world, this goofy son, she'd be like one of the, like the high council wizards that was like, oh, I can do anything I want because I know how to make my magic work without it explicitly messing up. You know, yeah, he'd be on a drow level for sure. Yeah, he'd be on a drow level because he, I mean, he's in charge of wizards. That's his whole thing. He's the leader of the wizards. Yeah, he's head of the whizbiz. So, all right. So next, 
Can I put this on my van? Should I put this on my van? Will it look cool on my van? Will this razor even look cool if I should I put this razor on my van? So in this segment, we design a van with this wizard on it, right? And Saruman is a very vanable wizard. Very vanable. More vanable than many of the other wizards yeah. we've done. And now, you know what I'm thinking? I really want, like, all right, can you imagine a wizard? He's got his cloaks up. It's kind of almost triangular. It's, it's like rainbow because he's doing the color, money color thing, which is not in the movies of any kind. But he has, like, kind of a prism look. And you got, yeah. like, a beam. You kind of, kind of have, like, a dark side of the moon look on there. Yeah, yeah, he's firing a pure white beam out of his oh, staff. Oh, God, that would be actually really good on a van. I'm picturing, like, a classic mystery machine type, like, square van, you know what That's I mean? what we practice, we picture for every van whenever we put a wizard on it. It's always, oh, a, it's always oh, yeah. a mystery machine. <laughs> you gotta, the mystery machine's an archetypal van. Like, if you're gonna have a van that you're gonna paint a wizard on, it's gonna be one of those kind of hands. <laughs> I mean, Jafar's van, I think we had a very, like, yeah, slick Yeah, he might have been a little bit more of a cool van. <laughs> yeah, so it's on a Mystery Machine type style of van. He's, like, he's at the way back. He's firing this beautiful beam of bright light. His prism, like, is, like, all opalescent. He's charging it up and it's firing straight forward. And I will say this. Even though Gandalf is known as, like, the pot wizard, the weed wizard, if you will, um, Saruman did partake. Oh, absolutely. Everybody did. It was the 30s. Well, no, what was happening is he was like, Gandalf always beats me, and Gandalf is high as hell all the time. This is in the books. So he has his own secret stash of pot that he's smoking on the side to see if it will make him cool like Gandalf. That's the least cool way to smoke pot is to smoke it in secret to see if it'll make you cool. Exactly. It's He's kind of a dork, which is why when... um. Uh, Mary and Pippin go into his thing. That's when they find the big stash in his house. It's because it's his secret stash for being <laughs> like Gandalf. So I think that means that inside this van, there have to be secret weed compartments. There's probably right? a secret weed compartment. There's also going to be like a lot of secret texts and things that he has privy to that no one else does. I think it's going to be like a bookmobile type van, right? On the inside? Yeah, he's going to have some books. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, shelves of books held in by, like, cords and stuff. And I think the cords are all, like, twisted white cords, right? Really strong ones, but, like, elegant looking. This is a guy who has a library. I mean, the first thing when Gandalf realizes that the ring is in Hobbiton, after, like, sitting under his nose for 50 years he didn't notice, is he goes, oh, I gotta go tell my boss he has some books I can look this up in. That's his first thought. That's the first one right there. Right there. So we know this this van's gotta have books in yeah, it. Yeah, he's gonna have books. He's gonna have maybe some, like some power tools because he's like Mr. Crafty. Yeah, I think so. I think he's got like a, a toolbox and it's it's one of those toolboxes that's like anchored to the wall because he's not going to like take the chance of it slipping around. And it like maybe pulls down into a little like a workbench or a table where you can, you know, do some do-it-yourself items. Absolutely, absolutely. I also think that of the books, I think there are like one or two books that are hollow and that's where he keeps his weed, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely there. Like there's like one secret book just like just filled with weed. He's like, and it's called like books Gandalf wouldn't like because he knows if Gandalf <laughs> finds it, then it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Gandalf's gonna, Gandalf would absolutely steal your stash. Gandalf will totally steal your stash. He'll smoke it and then he'll 
explode out into like a big magical smoke ring that turns into a dragon or something. Absolutely. He'll just and be he, like, deal with it, nerd. <laughs> and he'll be like, I'm your boss, Gandalf. It doesn't matter, nerd. Ciao. I'm going to go use my sweet sword, hang out with some small people, and, and go kill a dragon. What are you going to do with your Tuesday? I was going to read this book. <laughs> yeah, sure you were. <laughs> Peels out in his cooler van. Yes, that's pretty much it. And then and he peels out a cooler van with metal music about himself playing in the van because he's listening to Led Zeppelin about Gandalf. Now, I will say, though, of course, that Christopher Lee, Lee the actor of Saruman, did write a metal album about Lord of the Rings. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool, too. God bless Christopher Lee. I know, right? He really wanted to be Gandalf. Like, th- I'm just going to throw this just because it's a good little thing. Yeah. Even Christopher Lee would rather be Gandalf. I know. And that's why he's so perfectly suited to play Saruman. Oh, it's true. <laughs> Saruman, so, the second fiddle. This is why uh, I pick Saruman over Gandalf if I'm going to do Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's sadder. Absolutely. Or interesting. The, the wheels, right? Mm-hmm. They're made of white rubber. Oh, yeah, because he's the white wizard. Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to have that little detail. And um, oh, the the you know the the gear shaft because it's a manual, right? It's a manual. Oh, it's a manual, of course. The gear shaft looks exactly like the tower. Like yeah, like his staff, like the tower. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, was it worth it? We decide if this wizard's powers are worth the trouble. I mean, banished to Earth for all time as a ghost that can't interact with anyone. I mean, like, there's a chance that someone else will make an evil wizard ring and then he can get, like, sucked in there and get some power like Saruman, or like Sauron did. But, I mean, he didn't He didn't prepare ahead of time. Saruman prepared ahead of time and made his evil wizard thing, his, his phylactery, essentially, before he got killed and vanished. He's just chancing it, really. Yeah, Saruman is, you know, oof. He's just a naked ghost out there with no preparations. He got... Turned into an old man and then had his throat slit by a gross little dude uh, after some hobbits fucking tooled on him. Yeah, not not real good. Not great. But he got to live for hundreds of years inside a sweet wizard's college. Thousands of years in a sweet wizard's college. And he was an immortal being of creation to begin with who helped create the world as the embodiment of drive and focus and building stuff. So that's pretty cool, but really we're talking about when he's a wizard, which is when he gave that up to go down onto Earth and be a wizard. And it doesn't seem like it was worth it to me. I mean, thousands of years, but was he happy for that thousands of years? No. All he did was work really, really hard all the time fighting against Sauron. And then he sells himself out in the end. And then gets sold out in the end. And and does he ever get any credit for all the work he did? No. No. It's always Gandalf. Gandalf. So, you know, he leads this war, he leads against the, he leads the elves, he leads the wizard. You know, people give him some respect, yeah, but not as much as, as much as, as Gandalf. And in the end, does he actually succeed in his goal after he's been so driven? No. He decides, yeah, I could do a better job than anyone, and then just royally messes it up and gets killed by, like, a weird little creep man. His name is Grima, which is a terrible name. Mm. So what's your summary? Just, no, it wasn't worth it. So, you know, I, I see what you're saying with all this. And I see, you know, his path really led him to his downfall. Everything he worked so hard for, Gandalf got the credit, you know, already sold himself out. But, dude, 
he got to live in a tower that looked exactly like his staff. Totally worth it. That is pretty cool. But I want to go back again. I'm going to say this. Let's say that the endings for Gandalf and Saruman were switched. And Gandalf lives his normal life, but then fucks up right at the end and gets banished to the world as a ghost. I'd say totally worth it. He got to go on adventures. He got to fight a dragon. He got to kill the necromancer. He got to, like, smoke pot with hobbits and eat great food and be the fireworks guy. And Saruman spent his whole time in that tower's basement reading and writing books and making up, like, metaphorical theory-crafted rings that he didn't even get to forge. That sounds awesome. Eh. <laughs> worth it. We're going to have to have a disagreement on this one. Not worth it. Totally worth it. Just just not. But that's fine. Totally, totally, 100% worth it. I don't know where you want to go with this anymore. <laughs> just keep saying that. I, I think that segment's done. All right. Agree to disagree. So... That's going to do it for us this week on Wizard Boys. No one got any wizard points. No, no one got any wizard points. But you know what? You remember that they exist, so that's a wizard point for you. Oh, boy. Now I have one more than you. <laughs> you sure do, buddy. been trying to keep track of it. You edit everything, so maybe you know more. But I, think I have no idea. Right now I have four and you have three. We'll leave it to the fans to decide. Okay. Let's figure out who we're doing next time. All right. Um... I was thinking Elminster or Granny Weatherwax. Um, or maybe Mickey Mouse. <laughs> From us, um, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. I'd rather do Granny Weatherwax. I think I'm more familiar with her. Hell yeah. Um, Elminster has like 75 books about him, and he shows up in a million video games, and I'm just like, he went to hell, it was definitely a sex thing, and he's OP, and that's all yeah. I really yeah. know about fuck it. Fuck Elminster. For 100% though, fuck Elminster. I hate like, that guy. <laughs> and he's also like, he's that guy who's like, I'm super powerful, and I could do stuff, but I need to leave it for the younger adventurers so they still have adventures to do. And I'm like, hundreds of people are dying every minute because of you. They're dying, Elements. They're, they're slaves. The young people need to have fun, too. And they are dying. And he's just like, well, I don't want to just solve all the world's problems. Like, you could, though. But what fun would that be? People wouldn't be dead. I'm going to go have sex with the goddess of magic. Elminster! Elminster, the, 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 the Iron Crisis has caused a giant crisis across all of all of the Sword Coast, and the literal god of mor murder has been reincarnated. And you're just, like... I've turned myself into a deer to see what that's like. I mean, that's pretty wizardly <laughs> he's such a fucking wizard he's such a wizard about that but not uh. but in in D, &D i just don't understand how he can be described as lawful good no he's a terrible man or even chaotic good <laughs> neutral at best i think that this would be the elminster episode though just us dunking on elminster over and over my, my knowledge of elminster is one book that i read a long time ago a raceland book where i think he was mentioned and Baldur's gate I read like a lot of the Elminster books way back when, but let's not worry about it. But yeah, I would do I would do Granny Weatherwax. Let's give it some uh, big witch energy. Yeah, we'll get some big witch. We'll get Granny Weatherwax in here. I think she would be a good choice. And she also does a lot of compare and contrast with, with the wizarding. And not to mention, you know, she's like the witch of witches. She's the big witch. She's the big witch. She's the witch you don't fuck around with. You don't with. fuck with Granny Weatherwax. 
All right. Well, I'm excited to talk about Granny Weatherwax. It's going to be a real bastard to edit. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. I think as we go forward, we might want to try and keep these a little tighter just to, to, say, to help me out. But I really enjoy this. I can try to do my best. It's just when I talk about wizards, I just I, can't dude, stop. Dude, I get it, too. I get it, dude. I do, too. And I got to talk about Lord of the Rings for like two hours. I fucking love Lord of the Rings. I know you do, buddy. So I, I did it. <laughs> now we don't have to come back to it anymore. I'm not going to do Gandalf. You got it out of your system. Not until like 35 episodes from now when we run out of wizards. <laughs> so we will foresee you next time here on... Wizard Boys! Our theme song is Valborg Vals by Borg. You can find Borg on their Bandcamp. That's B-O-R-G. The jingles used in Wizard Boys are created by Mess and Finesse Studios. You can find them at messandfinesse.com.